as far as I'm aware, Gen Z has now just started make we are the new boomers. So Gen Z just make fun of millennials now for having like centre passing stuff. Yeah, this is it. We're the boomers now. Oh my god, it's exhausting keeping up with generational politics. Welcome everyone to the Electronic Wireless Show, episode 152, the best collectibles in games special. Uh, this is Rock Paper Shotguns, PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, and that opinion is that of Alice Bell. And I'm joined this week by Lego Stud. Hello. <laughs> Which makes it sound like you're a hot Lego dude. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was sort of going for. It's, it kind of works on two levels. Imagine a minifig with... Like, well, six little round studs as a six pack, like this yeah. horrible cylindrical rack. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good though, because you could clip stuff onto it, like a lobster or, or, or a. Like, oh, that'd like, be so handy. Yeah. <laughs> Just have like a fishing rod coming out of your stomach. And... <laughs> <laughs> you could do it with your clones. Mmm. There you go, uh, treat yourself. <laughs> And I'm also joined by symbol on a map. So quite abstract. Come and get me. Yes. Come and get me. You, you, <laughs> I'll be in your peripheral vision always until you sort me out. It's not going to be interesting. You're just going to get another coin with a dog's face on it, but it's a slightly different dog. Oh, well. That was quite well thought out. Yeah. It's just a spur of the moment uh, venomous satire that I'm known for. Yeah, <laughs> it worries me that the voice of the symbol on the map is a little bit like me. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> it was meant to be the spiteful clown I personify as the uh, the the nexus of all irritations. Yeah, in life. I mean, that is that's my core like personality type. <laughs> oh God! Mm. Well, this well, is awkward now. Uh, <laughs> Turns out you're a shadow in my subconscious. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Oh my god, imagine. That's one for the wiki. Yeah, no 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 offense, Nate, but I would hate to be a shadow in your subconscious. Well, it's crowded it's, in there. No, yeah, just knocking about with loads of like weird fish hybrids and Roman ghosts. <laughs> and robots with the face of Paulie Walnuts. Yeah. <laughs> well they'd be amiable company and we all know it, so mm. never get a moment's peace though. Um <laughs> Anyway, actually, before I ask you um, how you both are, let's take a a little pause so we can uh, take an early trip to the Wild West. This episode of the Electronic Wireless Show is sponsored by Wild Bill's Craft Beverage Company. At Wild Bill's, they make lightly carbonated sodas in kind of old school flavours like orange cream, black cherry and obviously root beer. Now they've sent us an ad read here and because Wild Bills is a sort of old-fashioned American good old boys kind of company, I've arranged for the Electronic Wireless Show Amateur Dramatic Society to perform this in the style of two cowboys sitting around a campfire eating beans out of a tin. 
So uh, take it away, lads. Oh, enjoying the taste of those beans. Oh, they're mighty salty, though. Guess I'm gonna have to drink a not too refreshing gallon a generic heavily carbonated soda. No, no, no. You gotta ditch them manufactured flavors. Your taste buds deserve better. Treat yourself to Wild Bill's premium handcrafted soda pop. Mouthwatering beverages that allow you to escape to the most interesting places imaginable. So cheers to refusing to drink from the mainstream. At Wild Bill's, flavor isn't everything. It's the only thing. Whoa there, partner. Hold up. Did you say that this drink can let me escape from the purgatorial wasteland of the Old West? Here, pass me that can. Sure thing. Drink up, partner. <laughs> wow, that's not bad at all. If after listening to that you've got a hankering to shotgun a can of nostalgia, then head over to drinkwildbills.com and use the code CHEERS15 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Oh, see, Alice, is, is that just for cowboys? Yeah, unfortunately that is just for the US, but still go to drinkwildbills.com and use the code CHEERS15 in all caps. Yeehaw. So that aside, how are you, gentlemen? Have you had a good week? Oh, I've been uh, doing a lot of rooting and a little bit of tooting. Mm. That sounds horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Ashley's livid. She's furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Can't uh, find my car keys, and I've got terrible gas. <laughs> we just emphasised um, our brands entirely in, yep. in mm. one line each. <laughs> I had a birthday. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was my birthday on on Monday. It was my daughter's on Sunday, and then mine on Monday. And uh, didn't my even daughter- know. No, Happy it's birthday, a- Nate. Thanks, friend. I stay fairly quiet about it. Um, but I was thirty-seven. I thought I was going to be 38, and then uh, Ashley surprised me on the day by revealing that actually I was only 37. I was How like, does that work? Did, did you lose a year down the back of the sofa or something? How did you forget your own age? I just didn't, you know, I didn't put too much thought into it, really. I just had the, <laughs> I had the psychic impression that I was going to be 38 and just stuck with it. I didn't actually count. Um, so that was nice. I mean, hmm. you know, in one way, a year further from death than I thought I was. Uh, so that was a great present. Um, but yeah, my daughter turned three and she suggested something very sweet. She suggests, on my birthday note, not on hers, she suggested we merge our birthdays into an event called, she said in a, a breathless whisper, happy birthday together. Um, which basically meant that my birthday got to be hers as well, and I thought that was lovely. We went to the safari park, and a giraffe bunged its head through the roof, and she thought that was amazing. We had got her a very robust camera, uh, and we just spent the evening p***ing ourselves at all the bizarre photos she'd taken of, like, hand dryers and people's knees. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. That's good. Did you get any good fish or anything? Uh, I treated myself 
to some fish. I think everyone's a bit wary to buy me fish in case, you know, we get another King Bogey on our hands. Mm. Yeah. But I got myself some little um, chili raspberries, which are tiny little, um, like, imagine little red grains of rice with bright, enthusiastic eyes. I've got 20 of them. They're lovely. What would you do if someone did buy you a fish and to like you as an expert instantly identify it as like seriously bad news but like gift etiquette means you'd have to like put it in the tank what would you do a bad news fish uh well i mean i do you know don't forget i've got a lot of tanks on standby as prisons uh for exactly the situation. <laughs> well, i don't if know you see i think rogue. i'd know that you were putting it in a I'd be able to see that you were putting it in a prison tank. I'd be like, go on, put it in with the other fish. <laughs> if you like it so much, put it in with the other fish. Oh, no, because what I'd tell you is, oh, it's got to quarantine first. Because uh, that's, that's what I officially call my prison tanks, quarantine tanks. Yeah, you couldn't, you uh, couldn't call him a liar, could you, Matthew? Like, no, that's good. Uh, well, there you go. That, then I have my answer. <laughs> this, is, this is like foreshadowing to my actual 38th birthday where you just buy me like a piranha with a handgun duct tape to it. <laughs> and I'm like, and I want you to put it with whatever you hold mo- most precious <laughs> or I'll be personally insulted. <laughs> put it in the bath with your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I bought this as a bath friend for your child. A bath friend. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. So sinister. Just a plastic see-through bag, which has clearly got a handgun floating in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry. That's, that's just my co-host on the podcast. <laughs> He's fine. Uh, how are you, Matthew? Bought any handguns? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've bought very little. Um, I tell you, I bought a suit for a wedding. Um, because I have, I've, I'm enlarged since my last suit wearing and I bought it and it was, it, it's on the cusp of still being like a little bit too bad, too tight. Um, so I thought, well, as long as I'm just careful over the next two weeks mm. and I've just eaten so much junk since buying that suit, um, I just, it's cursed. This, this is going to be a cursed wedding. Uh, well, look. We've all enlarged since our last suit wearing, I think, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's th- we've all been inside for two years. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, that's, that's tricky. But Wouldn't it be good if there were fun suits and on a PC games theme, like printed with the armoured suits worn by beloved game protagonists? Like imagine how good a Master Chief Tux would be. Hmm. In that lovely olive know. green with all the Milner armor bits. I don't know if I'd want someone wearing that to like like my wedding. I'd <laughs> want someone wearing that to my funeral. I'd want everyone wearing them. <laughs> and I'd want the emotions <laughs> gorilla to do the sermon. <laughs> That's okay, but your wedding, you don't want like your wedding photos and there's one person. Oh, dressed you, up as Master Chief. But you do, you see, because there are fun suits, aren't there, that are like Pac-Man fabric. You know, the fabric has just got a Pac-Man maze all over it or like, you know, it's a multicoloured jigsaw or whatever. 
And there is these days, there's always one guy wearing them at a wedding. And I'm sorry if you are that guy for what I'm about to say, but if I see someone wearing one of those suits, avoid, instant avoid. I'll go out of my way to not interact with that person. I I will freely admit, I'm quite judgmental. I judge books by their covers. It's got a a shit cover, I'm not reading that book. Mm. It does pretty mark mark you out as a social exile, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe the maybe the master chief tux isn't a good idea. I might I might officially take that back. I I, I think there are some circumstances where those suits are acceptable, but a wedding is not the correct context for them. If you're like a zany YouTube influencer, you could exactly. probably wear one of those in your videos. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see the photo three show floor and that as well? I can't remember whose wedding it was. It was a celebrity wedding, and everyone was dressed normally for it, apart from Will Smith's son, who went in a like a a perfectly white Batman outfit, (laughs) like it was this gleaming white Batman outfit, complete with cowl, and. Everyone else is dressed normally, or like normally for celebrities, you know, they're all very glam. But then there's just this, and he's not smiling for the photos either. So there's just this haunted looking ivory Batman. <laughs> like I amongst them. So if you're like, how old is his son? Because I can't remember when that was, but I think he was like, I think he was a man. I don't think he was like a childess. I kind of respect the the vibe. I think oh, it's so a really about you, though, isn't it? But you know? you're not supposed to wear white at a wedding. Take attention from the bride. Um, celebrity weddings, you've definitely got a bit more leeway, though. Surely, like, like if you went to if you were invited to Nick Cage's wedding, you'd surely sit down with like your plus one and be like, right, we have to step out. <laughs> I don't it know. Didn't, it didn't look attention-seeking. Somehow, it felt almost professional, like like he was watching over everyone there. You know, because he wasn't. He was like I say, he had this sort of haunted expression, and it was like he was carrying some harrowing burden, like as um, White Batman, like Abed in the episode of Community, where he's like, "If I stay at the party, there can be no party," and then he just- exactly. Yeah, it was it was precisely that energy. I hope this wasn't something I dreamt. I'm pretty sure it's real. Ivory Batman the... does sound like something I would bump into whilst trapped in your subconscious. So. <laughs> it's true. Jury's out. No, pretty sure it's real, and that's the Nate Crowley promise. Yeah. Ivory Batman does also sound like a variant kind of figure that, it, like, costume you'd you'd collect in a Batman oh, video game. Son oh, of a gun! <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> this week, our theme is the best collectibles in games. Thank you very much. I'm quite pleased with that one. I'm not going to lie. That nothing but respect. <laughs> it it reminds me of um. What was the golem you came up with? Oh yeah, that horse. Pearlescent golem. Some kind of silvery golem. The pearlescent golem. It was like golem that didn't pearlescent have a texture golem, and it? just like had like. It was like shining all the time because like 
they made <laughs> Gollum's torch eyes by like putting a, a layer <laughs> underneath his skin layer. That's the problem with having the Cavern of Lies is that all the nonsense I've heard in there is now sort of bleeding into what I actually know about games and I can't really tell fact from fiction. So like when you watch an episode of um, uh, Criminal Minds and they were like, we call them long distance serial killers and, it's like this, and then you repeated that as if it was a fact. Yes, it is exactly like the time I told people about long distance serial killers, despite that being <laughs> nonsense. I must have told you about the time I... Uh, have I ever talked about the, the force majeure thing? Maybe. I don't believe you have. Yeah. I was telling, we were at the pub with some friends and I started telling this anecdote and then Catherine turned to me and said, um, I, I, I was trying to, I was like a half remembered anecdote. I was like, Catherine, where were we when that happened? And she was like, that's the end of the film, Force Majeure. I didn't happen to you. <laughs> 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 oh my God. This like a terrible chance of it. It was like legitimately just a completely, my brain going mad and letting me down. <laughs> I was like, we were on that bus and it broke down and well, those people, they were really cross and everyone was, they were, they were really shouting and she was like, no, no, that was, that was a film that didn't happen to us. So. <laughs> oh, Matthew. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, um, exciting news I'm going to tease and drop in actually is that I think we're going to have at some point soon a new uh, piece of RPS, Electronic Wireless Show merch. Oh, and this time oh, it's uh, Matthew themed sort of. Oh. So I'm very excited for that to go live. Which I'm it's, it will. it's just like a, a, a big uh, pile of glistening foods with yeah. like the big red line, big red cross drawn through it. <laughs> Some extra All the shiny things. foods collected, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, on with the show. So I yeah, collectibles I thought would be kind of a fun one because there are some weird ones, uh, and so, and they're often quite tedious, uh, but you still kind of have to do them. Do you know, there's I'm one of those people that will furiously collect all the things uh, on a map. I, I I do it because I have to, like I have to have zero emails unread in my inbox. I'm that sort of person, and so I am livid at collectibles because. I just have to do them. Like my uh, ex-husband called Dragon Age Inquisition Shard Quest because whenever he saw me playing it, I was glumly going around collecting all the shards all over the map, you know, with the skulls and you look through them and then the shards glisten oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and get the shards every but that's time. It. It's, it's a bleak duty, isn't it? It's not something you enjoy. So you couldn't really call that a best collectibles, could you? No, no, but what I thought is, are there any collectibles that are actually enjoyable? What's a good collectible? So is I there was, a such a thing? You know what? I think so. I was going to start off with a really hard line stance on this, saying I just uh, hate them all. Nothing's a good collectible unless it's a freshwater crustacean. But you know what? I thought of one I like. The Stardew Valley, like, you know the little weird fruit men? Yeah! And they, <laughs> that was a great roar of agreement. I would like that as my um, alarm in the mornings. That was like a nostalgic, oh yeah. That was like Didn't a, even do you think remember, of them. Pogs. Yeah. 
Well, it, they're, they're lovely because it's not just what I hate about collectibles for the most part is it's just like looking in a pile of laundry for the matching partner to a, an odd sock. You know, it's just blind scratching, like with the hope of finding something that, you know, holds no surprise or mystery. Whereas the Stardew guys, these little fruits, they want like packages of things for you, um, from you even. And they're really interesting, creative little sets of things that you've got to acquire that you get via very different means. And it makes planning your day in the game really interesting. So you're like, well, oh, yeah, they want a skeleton's nose, so I'll drop by the dungeons for that. And then I think I still need the big fat eel uh, for that fish pack. And I wonder if I'll have time to collect that fruit they wish for as well. Really, really lovely stuff. But the fruit man himself isn't a collectible. I don't believe they are. No, they're they're sort of like little sort of spirits, like sort of uh, almost like the the sort of gods of the hearth. I think of them as enchanted plums. They do look like enchanted plums. They're little bouncy little friends. Very sweet. Mm. Yeah. They're very cute. And it is it is good because, yeah, you have to sort of harvest your thing. I also like doing the um, tasks that people put on the message board sometimes because there's the one that everyone shares. It's always like, uh, like I need A, and then it will be like whatever the RNG populates it with. But it'll be like, I need a rainbow trout. You know, ladies know what for, winky face. <laughs> really good. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. That's a really good show. I hadn't thought of that, Nate. Really, Do you really think good. there's a distinction between collectibles and fetch quests, which are about collecting? Yes. Yes. But, but which is worse? <laughs> well, I say fetch quests fetch quests because they feel a bit more shapeless to me collectibles to me suggests there's x amount of something and it can be exhausted and finished it can be collected and it's like they're sort of optional as well it's for the dedicated yeah i i I, well you see the thing i was going to say is like some of my favorite collectibles are ones which sort of fold into something or they have like a they have like a bigger thing in place to kind of tempt you towards doing them. So it's not just for the sake of having 100% on the meter. It's, you know, um, maybe like, uh, maybe not the best example, but like like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is on my mind because I just played the DLC uh, for review. Uh, But a lot of its bits and bobs are then sort of currencies in kind of ongoing quests back in your town. So, like, you're collecting Roman masks from across the countryside or Roman artifacts. The, the, the symbols are masks, I assume. They're not all masks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, like, a bloke, and the more of the, the Roman artifacts you give him, that then unlocks, like, I don't know, pillars and things you can put around your camp. Um, so, you know, they're part of a bigger thing rather than just collect 500 golden musical notes because you can which is kind yeah. of like the old N64 sort of style. <laughs> I'll accept that. Yeah, I really, I just, I, can, I don't understand the mentality that leads people to want to just 
complete things for the sake of it. Why I I never want to stick around on a game for that long. I barely ever stick around to completing the damn things. Right. I I, I just can't. It's it's just I don't know what it is. It's I just can't not. If I'm near a is if I'm near a light, you know, on the map. If I'm near on a, a symbol on the map, I'll be like, oh, I might as well go to that symbol on the map. And then it's it will be near like a bunch of other ones, you know. Oh no, no. Oh, See, yeah. what you're talking about there is like a compulsion, like made from false guilt. And I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. Like I always um. Skyrim was the worst for me because I loved the idea of like, you know, that freedom fantasy everyone has with Skyrim. Like, oh, just I'm going to not do fast travel and I'm just going to wander the earth like Samuel L. Jackson after Pulp Fiction and, you know, just see what, what scrapes I get into. But immediately it turns out to be some bloody cat man whose wagon has overturned and he needs to find a wheel. And on the way to find the wheel, you come across a jester who's obsessed with cabbages and he's lost his cabbages. So you end up going to get the cabbages and you end up in this sort of nested chain of increasingly inconsequential errands that you're running for morons. And suddenly (laughs) all of that that fantasy is evaporated. It's not quite... I don't know, because cause no one's making me, there's no one telling me I have to do the collectibles, I suppose. I don't know. It's just like... Well, because no, I don't have neat. to do these things for these people, but I'm like, oh, yeah, but the, you know, the cat will be disappointed. He's well, I don't have that feeling at all about, about collectibles. It's more, it's just neat. It's yeah, just neat. It's, it's, for me, it's, it's the having the loads of icons on a map. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to exhaust it. I mean, at the same time, it does kind of make you feel once you've collected everything, like that bit of the world is done. It is it's sort of strange yeah. that the world becomes just a holding pen for collectibles and has like no reason to exist in and of itself. That happens with Assassin's Creed a lot. Like there are just regions yeah. where it's like, yeah, you've got everything in this region. Like there's nothing here for you. Like there's no reason for this town to exist other than to hide this one chest, which is kind I- of a depressing i think assassin's creed is an interesting one to talk about because some of the collectibles in that i actually quite like uh and some of them are just very depressing like in assassin's creed 2 uh you're the only survivor of like all the men in your family being hanged and and your mum falls into like this deep depression um and one of the things you can do is like collect feathers or something because like your little brother liked them so that's just this really depressing, like, collect feathers to try and, like, you know, elicit a smile from your grieving mother. I mean, to be fair, because your mum doesn't leave that house, um, she doesn't know that, like, you've got the specific feathers. You could just go and pluck a load of birds. Exactly, yeah. In the village and then just bring her sacks full of the things and she'd be none the wiser and she'd probably cheer right up. Yeah, exactly. That um, one would be a disaster for me. Because it's got all the compulsions you've been talking about, plus, you know, bearing in mind the fact I just confessed yeah. to the, the fact, you know, I'm worried about disappointing imaginary cat men. <laughs> I think that that one would just bust me up. 
it doesn't work either because like she she's like based on a real person who kept really detailed diaries and then just stopped and so uh, the Assassin's Creed developers like imagineered that she stopped because her whole family was murdered. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, and then there, the, yeah, the, the ones I like, I like the um, the tattoo ones in uh, Assassin's Creed, which you <laughs> mention, uh, Matthew, in your review of the DLC as a shocking indictment of tattoo artists. Um, well, it's just the fact that every tattoo design in an entire country has been blown away by the wind. It's preposterous. <laughs> like, it's not some of them. It's all of them. Like, the, just use what, a paperweight. <laughs> yeah, just get a paperweight. It's, 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 and then the same happens in France and Ireland. Like, like what is wrong with these people? But I... Uh... I, I like them because it feels like there's more of a reward. For, there's a reward for me with those that is other than oh, the, thing is, the, like, the dot isn't on the map anymore. And I, I like them and I liked the shanties in Assassin's Creed 4 as well, which but, is also absurd. It's like these men won't remember a song unless you find the, the <laughs> words written down as if they could read. <laughs> yeah, it's the idea you're sitting on a boat and then your captain returns with a big pile of paper of new songs you have to learn. It'd be a right pain in the ass. Um, the thing about the tattoos is I never like I never get tattoos in games um, Why? because I don't have tattoos in real life. Um, you're also not a Viking in real life. Yeah, I know, but like if there's an option, like it, it really bugs me when character creators naturally give you like tattoos and piercings because then I have to go through the menu like removing them all like a grumpy dad. You know? <laughs> it's like you will not be going out like that. <laughs> that is spectacular. I just want, I don't want, like, I just don't want them to have anything, like, anything out of the ordinary on my characters. And whenever people are like, oh, this character creation system's great, it's got, like, you know, a hundred different kind of face paints. It's like, I would never have face paint in a game. Like, the idea of running around like a freaking clown, ridiculous. No, I always give my characters face paints. It's brilliant. Honestly, in, in real life, I would totally, if it was a normal fashion choice in our culture, I would like constantly go full Kratos. It's oh, great. no. Because the thing is, whenever I see people getting like face paint done at like fairs or festivals or whatever, I always think, what happens if in an hour's time you like, you hit someone in your car and you have to talk to the police and you're like a freaking cat, you know? It's just, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Like if if you or, or, or you get hurt and you're in hospital and they're having to do an operation on you and the doctor keeps looking at your you know your stupid <laughs> gorilla face or whatever it's just gonna be it's it's I, I just I wouldn't want it I just I don't know that was an all time classic that well you wouldn't. It might distract them from like saving my lungs or whatever is they're doing. It might add a bit of levity. Well, I don't want there to be levity. I want them to think this is a really serious situation. I have to save this man's life rather than, oh God, look at this guy. (laughs) Look at this literal clown. (laughs) A video game's not, you know, escapism. There are a chance for you to have. Tattoos and face paint without any well, no, but like, consequence. People, like my bar for escapism is so low. Like it's like this person can sprint for a prolonged length of time. That is escapism <laughs> enough. 
Like, they can climb up a ladder without wigging out. Amazing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I that is quite need them attraction. to look like, you know, they've been to a children's birthday party just beforehand. I mean... <laughs> Where do I you just... go from there? I, I, don't, I don't know what much. to say. Um, I've got another good collectible. Yeah, go on then. Uh, have either of you played any of the Crackdown games? Uh, I played a bit of the third one. They've because in there, like the collectibles are also like ability points. So you're collecting these these orbs, like agility orbs, and the more of them they collect, the higher you can jump, and the higher you can jump, like the higher up ability orbs you can get. So it creates this really nice cycle of like the thing you're collecting is also fueling your ability to collect, which I really like. Yeah, that's really cool. That's good. It idea. is fun. Like uh, Crack- Crackdown Three is a little bit like shaky, and I don't think they had any like grand idea for it particularly. But the core idea of of the kind of power fantasy of someone who ends up like being able to leap the height of skyscrapers by the end of the game is is pretty fun. I like it when there's like, in general, like very small incremental changes to your ability to do something associated with an act you do fairly often in the game. Because, yeah, I mean, I've said before on this podcast quite a lot, I love passive bonuses and things. Mm. And in fact, this is something that comes up a lot in, in strategy games and Forexes and things like that. Like if you get a bo- a sieve bonus or something, uh, you know that makes you I don't know slightly better at industry. Whenever you clonk a barbarian over the donker, um, <laughs> then you know the act of clonking barbarians becomes that bit more satisfying. I know that's straying from the definition of a, a collectible, but I think it's the same sort of psychology. Hmm. This may have been influenced by the fact I'd be mainlining humankind for three days and clunking <laughs> a lot of barbarians over their donkers. What's a donker? Uh, I, think, I think it's their mind. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a, a swift, a swift um, beating to the mind. Hmm. Well, here's a question then. Would you... Be okay with it if all collectibles were just removed from games. Mm. Is there quite a sort of old school in some ways? Kind of, you think about like you know, three D platformers and stuff. That's one of the things ukulele brought back. Is- they feel to me as if mm. they're in a, that broad swathe of of things that are in games, like games of a certain size because developers are frightened that people will be cross if they're not in the games. Like, Mm. there just seems to be so so many of the things that stop me from embarking on big games are, yeah, the features that feel like they haven't really got any place in there, but if they weren't in there, people would get up in arms. I think that's why a lot of the, you know, the the really annoying open world tropes stick around uh, in, in yeah. you know, because people expect them. And, well, how could you do it without collectibles? Yeah. It's, it's something I liked about Death Stranding is that the size of that world feels like it should be full of 
map clutter and icons and actually it isn't like there is stuff you can pick up but only in your role as like a scavenger in that world um but you know it it sort of understands that in in this fiction that like travel is dangerous and being outside is sort of dangerous so it almost doesn't have anything like wasteful because there's there's you know it would undermine what the you know the whole the character's whole deal if he was just farting around collecting you know hats or whatever um so that that feels like someone who's actually kind of thought about you know which which open world tropes make sense for the kind of the, mm. the very specific open world I'm building i think it's one of the reasons that games like quite excellent well yeah no there is a real question of mood isn't there and that was kind of what i was getting at with my skyrim example that it just yeah it you kind of want some long periods just trekking across brutal emptiness to give you the atmosphere you're after if it's just you know this place packed with people demanding small services of you or as you say just like hats Rand, that's one one of the reasons um like uh, I, I spent quite a lot of time playing Fallout seventy six, uh, and I really felt there was a lot of tonal confusion in it because it was sometimes trying to be this really poignant, you know, post apocalyptic world full of the evidence of people's struggles and failures and you know and losses, but then there'd be like a skeleton in like an inflatable pool ring holding an empty beer bottle. And it's like, oh, come on. Like, is it, you know. I like the idea that as the bombs fell, someone was like, no, I'm not letting go of this beer bottle. <laughs> it's like, is this a joke to you? Like, am I meant to be, am I meant to be laughing at this or am I meant to be feeling a sense of poignancy? Like, mate, your bloody minds up. <laughs> You know, and it doesn't feel like it's a big map, Fallout 76, but there's just, you know, there's just stuff going on all over the place. And it feels, it feels probably busier than like the DC metro area was before the apocalypse in some ways. So, yeah, no, I do, I do like a bit of windswept nothing. I'll give Kojima that. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I, d I don't know how I, f I, yeah, I have this love hate relationship, I think, with collectibles. Because I do feel that compulsion to get them. And I think they can be, you know, cool. But I, I do kind of want them to have a purpose. Because if it is just a grim duty collecting feathers for my emotionally uh, ruined mother, then. <laughs> Who who will never be emotionally unruined? Then that you know. I mean, Banjo Kazooie would have a very different energy if Banjo right? Kazooie <laughs> were collecting all of those musical notes to try and like heal Banjo's wrecked mum. <laughs> you know, uh, I it's 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 why I'm really excited about Psychonauts too, actually, because it that's like a style of game, the kind of three D character platformer where it's such like an artificial space that collectibles make perfect sense. And if it is like Psychonauts 1, there, you know, 
every collectible had either kind of a mechanical purpose in terms mm. of like leveling you up or you know currency for buying vital gadgets or whatever, or they had slightly more kind of um, you know poignant thing. You know, when when you go inside the characters' heads in Psychonauts, you know some of the stuff you're collecting are like their their sort of traumas. And as you get them, it kind of reveals more of their backstory. So it kind of feeds into the whole thing. Yeah, that's a great show. It was Emotional Baggage, it was called. Emotional Baggage. Yeah, it's just, it, it's just very witty. Like, I think with a lot of these things, you don't have to sort of, you know, it's only a small jump to turn them into something a bit more special feeling. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because it's a great show, because I, I even... When I wrote a post about how Psychonauts is still really good, if you go back and play it, I specifically mentioned how the collectibles are really good because you you find like a little luggage label and then you have to listen out to hear like a sobbing like carry on case with mm. that matches the label and then you match them up and they're really happy. It's really nice. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> really really good. Here's another right thing I'll throw, and this is more of a genre of collectible, but I've got a couple of examples. And it's things where you've got basically a mini game that you've got to play in different locales around a map, but with a twist each time. Uh, so one I actually enjoyed more than I had expected to uh, was the underground fighting rings in uh, Watch Dogs Legion. All um, right. <laughs> they, I found them quite entertaining. And because it was doing the whole procedural generation of NPCs thing, you'd never know what sort of lunatics you'd end up right. like, plonking <laughs> over the donker in an abandoned car park. So that was that had an element of novelty to it. I actually went around and did a few of those. And I think the game that really, I obviously loads will have done it before, uh, but GTA San Andreas back in the day had, you know, uh, Actually, now I think about it, loads of good collectibles because that had, uh, I'll, I'll be honest here, I haven't played any GTA since then. So right. they've probably got loads better at it, but I'm just going to use that as my touch mark. Uh, stuff like the stunt jumps and stuff you could do. Yeah. Uh, it really required some creative thinking. Uh, mm. that, that, and that was cool. Yeah, because that had all, I think that had various little mini games you'd do around the place. And I spent more time than I usually would by a long chalk picking them up. Yeah, it's funny. I think Rockstars, they sometimes get it really right and they sometimes get it really wrong. Like my least favourite collectible is in Red Dead Redemption 2, where it's like this map, which is vast and so detailed and depth. And then they're like, there are 20 like dream catchers <laughs> uh, hidden somewhere in this map and you're like okay you're going to tell me where and they're like nope they're just there out there somewhere and they're tiny and they're hanging on trees so you kind of have to get quite close up to them before you can see them maybe they make a noise like they tinkle when you're near them or something but I mean that is about as close to like needle in a haystack as I think I've ever seen in a collectible Do you two uh, want to have a little guess a as to which element of Red Dead Redemption 2 I have completed 100%. Is it the animal killing? Yes, that is right. It is the animals. Every <laughs> single one. I love putting together Arthur's little scrapbook of murder. Congrats. 
Yeah, I think that you have to strike a balance between like it being just a marker on the map and it and it being like an impossible annoyance. Because I yeah. wouldn't feel any compulsion to collect the dream catchers. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, the, I always the beasts as a counterexample. You know, it wasn't like searching for an arbitrary thing. It was like, oh, what kind of environment could I find these in? And you know, how am I going to find them and, and catch them? Yeah, you actually had to think like a hunto rather than just being, <laughs> yeah, like I said, just looking for odd socks, just mooching around in old sheds, hoping someone will have a dream catcher. <laughs> they had, they had uh, quite a good fix uh, f- for the, the unmarked collectible in Fable games. Um, two and three two had these like scottish gargoyles who'd sort of insult you and um three had i think they were possessed garden gnomes so you'd always know when there was one near you because you'd begin to hear all their like weird little insults (laughs) and you know until you found them and shot them in the face it would just be like an unreal annoyance kind of pestering you in the background i used to i used to quite like that yeah sounds dreadful give me a reason (laughs) to shoot your gnome yeah. yeah, it was it was quite in Fable Three. The the no the the icing on the cake is that the you're collecting all the gnomes for this guy who he basically collected all these garden gnomes and then did a spell or something so they all came alive and now he's asked you to catch them and um, he's played by um, Mark Heap but with big Friday night dinners Mark <laughs> Heap energy. It's a big Matthew Castle energy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. If you love online shooters, you should listen to Ultimate Audio Bang, Rock Paper Shotgun's fortnightly podcast. Every second Friday, I, Ed Thorne, and I, Imogen Beckelling, chat about the latest news in Shooterland. We go in-depth on Apex, Warzone, and more in our weekly talking points. And we also tell you about the silly player names you come across. I once played Valorant with Joey Tribbiani. Subscribe to Ultimate Audio Bang on your preferred podcasting app, or listen to us every second Friday on rockpapershotgun.com. Well, I think... We're sort of running out of time a bit. We've had quite a good discussion, but um, I think we're going to have to going to have to ask you, gentlemen, to exit via the the, uh, the gift shop in the Cavern of Lies. Oh, <laughs> Cavern's back, baby! <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> the Cavern of Lies. Yeah, oh, right, we'll take it. Um. <laughs> um so yeah, this week the cavern uh, is a bit of a it's it's a it's still a cavern. It's cavernous, but it's a um, a cold kind of impersonal gift shop with white walls. There are little plushies of game characters in three different sizes, um, and then little keyring ones. There are magnets. There are unsharpened pencils um, and pencil sharpeners to sharpen them with. There's a pot full of those uh, biros that are made to look like quill pens with big dyed feathers. Uh, it's all going on. Mm. And, it really was uh, exit via the gift shop. Crikey. Yeah, and along the, uh, the back wall, you can see there are some, some special editions of games. So there's, you know, the, uh, the famous Fallout canvas bags that everyone was livid about because they weren't canvas. Uh, there's Lara Croft's torch. Uh, all, all, all your favourites, and uh, I'm not going to do voices. So we'll just say that I'm manning the cash register. 
and right. <laughs> and uh what i need you to do is we basically we've got a, a shipment in of some you know rare uh collector's editions uh from times past um but apparently uh one of them's fake someone's trying to sell us uh, a fake collector's edition Oh my god! For that. Yeah, so I need you to to help me uh, find the fake out of these five. Oh, exciting! It will yeah. be a pleasure and a privilege. Um, thank you. I can't think of a way that you'll die if you get it wrong. Uh, there's <laughs> a scorpion. All, they're the, all the fake. Wrong... Anyway, do you know what I mean? Like, now pack one of them full of scorpions. Classic. All right. So the fake one. Uh, is packed full of scorpions, and we can't. Oh God, what thing? Who? What vindictive soul created that? I know. Well, I think it might be Ed. Ed. Right. <laughs> It'd be Ed Helms. Last, well, not Ed Helms. I keep saying Ed Helms. Ed Harris. Follow Ed the Helm- show. Ed Harris. Ed <laughs> Harris. <laughs> I like that. Our two enemies are Ed Harris and Ed Helms. Very Just... different people. Very different energy. Ed, Ed Helms, Helms is also an enemy nice of the show now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the two Eds. We need a third one so they can be Ed, Ed and Eddie. Eddie Edward James Olmos. <laughs> Edward James Olmos. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right, so Ed, Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> Eddie the Eagle's good. Okay, anyway, whichever Eds they are, the Eds. Any Edward is an enemy of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's canon now. <laughs> okay, so the Eds, the foes of the show. Yeah, the packed one, the fake one, full of scorpions. <laughs> God. So we need to um, incinerate it. And if you guess incorrectly, then you will have to pay for the cost of the one you've incinerated. And also, the scorpions will burst out. Right. <laughs> the, the fake one. So, All right. so uh, first of all, we have got. Um, ooh, what should we look at first? Uh, oh, let's go with this one. So. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, nice steelbook collector's edition. Uh, and it comes with a little stress ball in the shape of a grenade. Um, not really notable, uh, but one guy alleged that he got uh, stopped at security going through an airport for having the stress ball in his bag. Was he Ooh. an influencer? No, it was just a man, I think. It was before... Um, the collector's editions got as ridiculous as, as they did, as we will find out as we continue down the list. Um, the next one is Call of Duty World of War, uh, which uh, is advertised as coming with a canteen. It's a round silver engraved canteen. And everyone was very excited. And then when they got their special editions, they found that the canteen was welded shut and was for display, marked for display only, not for drinking. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> probably because it's paid out of lead or something. I mean, who knows? But yeah, so there's... That's there's upsettingly a... shit, isn't it? No. Well, I like... You're too proud to admit it's, it's bad. And you're like, I, wa- I like looking at it. <laughs> I, I like cool. it because I don't understand why, why they would do that. Surely it would cost more to... Seal them shut. I don't know. Anyway, so that's imagine the ultimate world irony world. if, like, your city was overtaken by urban conflict, 
and like you know a shell went off and blasted a squad of soldiers into your living room and one of them was like non-fatally but badly injured and was like oh yeah. please some water <laughs> and you just your eyes flick over <laughs> to the only vessel in the room which is the call of duty useless promotional <laughs> flask <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, then we've got um, Fear 3 uh, this was a UK exclusive item so this didn't come packaged with it in the US um, but it was a statuette of the um, baddie Alma who was a zombie woman who was also pregnant and her horrible pregnant belly glowed in the dark uh, I don't know why they didn't give that to the Americans but uh Mm. Yeah. Um, this one possibly an easy one. Uh, Dead Island Riptide. Matthew actually might remember this one. Uh, the zombie bait edition came with a sexy torso statuette. So it was the torso of a woman in a bikini, uh, skimpy bikini, and she had big boobs and everything. Uh, but she'd had her head and limbs ripped off, so it was literally just a sexy torso. <laughs> had been partially eaten by zombies. You cannot be serious. Uh, and they had to issue an apology saying they were sorry for any offence any offence caused by the zombie bait edition. Um, I'm not sure that people were offended as much as they were just like, this is rubbish. This I is think awful. people were just upset at, um, at uh, how sexy they found it. That were probably it, yeah, they were shamed. They were just feeling bad about it and they're like, yeah. I'm so conflicted. Yeah. Taught people a lot of uncomfortable um, truths. Finally, <laughs> finally, we've got the Halo 3 Legendary Edition from 2003, which came with the game sort of packaged in a kind of little, sort of like an ammo. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like a little holder um, sort that looks a little bit like a kind of ammo tin, I guess. I'm not really sure what it's meant to be. It might be meant to be an alien thing. I don't know. Um, and it also came with a life-size um, Master Chief helmet. Um, but uh, because the container for the game uh, cases wasn't moulded to fit them, uh, they could rattle around inside. And so apparently a lot of people uh, got day one scratched discs um, and were further disappointed because the Halo 3 uh, Legendary Edition life-size Master Chief helmet was also a display only and they couldn't put it on. And some people that did put it on got it stuck. Mm. There you Ooh. go. Quite sedate. As Ooh, quite believable, though. Horribly believable, especially that last one. Like, I could really see that one going both ways because it's all quite... There's no massive stretch of the imagination in there. See, the funnier thing to do really would be um, the promo stuff that journos used to get sent. Oh yeah, so that stuff was more ridiculous. But we, they've stopped doing that. That all gets sent to um, YouTubers now, and it never worked. Really? Is the thing because we did like it was just kind of annoying when it turned up. Well, it's different as well because they used to send us like nonsense stuff, and now that they're only sending it to influencers, it's like we've sent cool. you a car. Yeah, I would have been. I would have been corrupt if they'd sent us good stuff instead of like <laughs> yeah. Undrinkable. Like, oh, we're sending you an iPhone where we got yeah. like, you know, 
it, we've carved a piece of ham to look like Bowser or something. Exactly, you know? <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, great. And 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 you've got this ham Bowser, and everyone's like, you corrupt piece of shit. <laughs> While the influencers driving around in their f- Porsche, sorry, with their iPhone, and everyone's like, you're a legend. Thanks for keeping yeah. it real. Yeah. I'm sorry. Got, There's not much I wouldn't do for a ham Bowser. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, they got your we, number. <laughs> I, I, if there are any PRs listening, just send me cake. Send me cake and sweets, and I will give your game. Oh. I, I'm putting on the record. If you send me nice cakes and sweets and chocolate, <laughs> I will give your game whatever score you want. We don't even have scores on RPS. Oh. Same for me. Oh, and I will give it a ten. Honestly, send me a bowl yeah, made of ham. We, and we, I'm anyone's. I just want Xbox, Xbox Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah, oh yeah. The, we got sent for Dark Souls 3, we got sent a press kit that was basically just the disc in a little box with straw. Um, <laughs> and someone put it online and people were bidding like hundreds and hundreds of pounds for it. And because people were willing to pay hundreds of pounds for it, they were then calling us all corrupt for getting these boxes because they were like, but you've been sent something that's worth hundreds of pounds. But it's like... But, it's a box for a straw. It's a box for a straw. I wouldn't pay hundreds of pounds for it. It's yeah. not worth hundreds of pounds to any rational person. I couldn't take this into the bank, you know, and exchange well, the, it for hundreds well, of pounds. Well, the influencer's got an actual free pass from the <laughs> Grim Reaper himself. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's One more. free death. One free death. <laughs> I really... I, I, I need you to drive um, this on because my mind is just repeating the words ham bowser, ham bowser in an increasingly <laughs> frantic tone. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually crippling me psychically. I love it so <laughs> let's, much. Uh, let's, well, let's run through the five again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there was a ham bowser. <laughs> there was a ham bowser. There's uh, the original Modern Warfare's uh, stress ball grenade that got someone stopped at security. There's the uh, Call of Duty World of War, World at War canteen that was welded shut and you couldn't actually use to drink out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the uh, Fear 3 um, Glow in the Dark Pregnant Zombie that was UK only. Um, there's the Dead Island Riptide sexy uh, torso. Mm-hmm. And there's the Halo 3 Legendary Edition that came with scratch discs and a helmet you couldn't wear. I, I think it's the I think it's Fear Three. Like What's the, the sexy rationale? torso that is real. Like I remember that from the headlines. Um, I swear I've seen a uh, uh, Master, Master Chief helmets doing the rounds because because of that collector's edition, and both the, the actually I'd say it's between pregnant zombie and stress ball grenade. <laughs> what a sentence. I think the sealed canteen is like duff enough to be real. The I just have to grit my teeth not to say the words. <laughs> don't, it's not worth it because you get the ham bowser and then you, the, there won't be enough people in the office to eat the ham and then eventually you just chuck the ham bowser in the bin after it's spent <laughs> like a week rotting oh, in the fridge. It smells so bad. Like a games office smells bad anyway. 
let alone without rotting ham bowser please stop saying ham bowser it's just <laughs> making it worse there's something i find really pleasing about those words i think i'm having a genuine episode here uh, i think the torso's real yeah i think master chief is real because that was just too good an explanation saying that didn't exist i think the grenade is real mm. i think the fear three thing the, the the pregnant zombie, I, that has the the liar's touch to it. I think. How dare you? What's the liar's touch on that? It's it's just not a thing anyone would want. Yeah, I mean, mind you, say you that, the but... not available in the US detail was really compelling. Don't, don't forget the cyber babe, though. We know how much yeah, but Brendy wanted I guess, a cyber babe. I, I think it sounds weird enough, that, and I was covering games at the time, that something like that would have stayed with me. Like, well, all the others like... seem, apart from the, the grenade, all the others just feel like I know about those. I feel like they are real because I've actually heard of them. I, I mean, you say that, I also nice. thought I was in force majeure. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, look, I'm yeah, gonna. My, my brain can't really be trusted. <laughs> I'm gonna put on my my protect my scorpion suit. I'm gonna pull the pin out of the grenade with my teeth and throw it at Matthew. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Wait, what? I, Does that mean you think it's real or not real? I'm not. Which I've which one are you choosing? Which one I've are you choosing? The grenade the isn't real because when I asked you the follow up question about whether it was an influence, you said it was just a man. Uh, it's the old, it's always the follow up question. It's the old Tobias Beckford interrogation tactic. Well, it was just a man. It was an American yeah, guy who bought the collector's edition. Just was, a man. It was a prime opportunity <laughs> to add some more details to the story. Whereas, so wait, so yeah, you uh, think that... you you think that one's a lie because I didn't lie? <laughs> I think that one's a total hand bowser. Uh, I think it's the I think it's the pregnant fear three zombie. Okay, all right. Well, let me just. I'm just gonna. I think it's. Oh la la! I could have finished the seal on the uh, the neck of my my scorpion suit, so they can't get past the helmet and into it. But uh, okay, so who wants to go first? I, I'm 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 just driven wild with the thought of Ham Bowser. I'm gonna grenade Matthew. I've gone rogue. Okay. I know that he wasn't even part of the brief, but he's getting grenaded. Okay. Uh, well, thankfully, uh, I'll put this box in the in the incinerator because thankfully, Nate, that was fake, and you're safe. Um, um Matthew, Fear Three was real. I'm oh. afraid, and and the Eds, the foes of the show, the the scorpions are being incinerated as we speak, but they also put in a real grenade, and now Nate has exploded you. Oh, Jesus. The Eds, they're so sinister. If the scorpions <laughs> don't get you, the grenade will. I think this is my first confirmed kill of another podcast member. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, you get out of here. With, like, I think there's a, a med pod somewhere out, outside. I'll get, I'll get tights to sweep him up. <laughs> yeah, if you could sweep Matthew into a bin bag and then 
regenerate him. That would be much appreciated. I've got a bit of a mess to clear up here. Uh, and I'll fair. send Matthew the bill for fear three. <laughs> on you go. Come on then, tights. Let's get it done. All right. Well. Well played, Alice. I, you got me. Thanks for your help. I still don't quite <laughs> understand uh, the logic that Nate used, but it worked, so I can't really fault him. I like you know? that Nate got rid of the scorpions, but I still died. <laughs> so that was some quick thinking on my part there, yeah. <laughs> so that was good. All that remains now is for us to do some recommendations, because every week uh, we recommend something that is not a video game. Although this week I really want to recommend a video game, but I can't. Ooh. Same. Um, Should we just yeah. break our rule? I'll recommend a video game and then also something that's not a video game. Um, Matthew, what are you going to recommend this week? I'm going to I'm going to be very mainstream and I'm going to recommend The Suicide Squad, ah. which I saw last night and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, a very good giant man shark action. Is he as good as I'm hoping he'll be? I think you'll I think you'll like him. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a really good energy. He's got a very touching scene in an aquarium, which I think you'd like. Am I, am I finally going to relate to a DC character? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's got a, he's got a, a sort of um, he's like this shambling kind of sort of imbecile, but who's kind of on a sort of sort of quest for self improvement, which is quite sweet. Well, yeah, I mean, again, I think I'm going to relate. That sounds gammed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was really really gory. Um, you know. Most of the funny lines in the the best lines are in the trailer, sadly, but I still enjoyed it. Idris Elba, like a good film role for him, which he very rarely has. Uh, quite underused for quite a charismatic dude, I always think. So he was good in it. I enjoyed it. And John Cena, who's kind of hilarious. He's got I'm, such good comic timing. He's very good. I've not seen him in a film and not liked his performance. What, right. Yeah. It's really good. He's really um, good in um, Cock Blockers. Oh, really good in that. Yeah, very funny. Yeah, he's great. I just love that someone who's who's like worked incredibly hard to have a body that looks like that is now just using it for like really daft stuff. Like he's, <laughs> I think there's there's, I think he lacks like the self importance of like The Rock. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's a bit more he's a bit more up for being daft, and it's like a very potent kind of combination of of yeah. that style and that look. I have actually said before that John Cena does look like a man made of ham. So that's yeah. squared that circle for us. Don't, just don't, don't say the H word. Uh, <laughs> this, this week I'm going to recommend, first of all, my game recommendation cheating is um, to try the Back for Blood open beta because um, I genuinely am really loving this game. Um, Really, really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I think everyone should give it a try because I think the open beat is free this week. So. Um, but it started today. Um, so do have a go. You never know. You might run into me. What a treat that would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my non-game recommendation is a book called How Much of These Hills is Gold by a writer called Sipam Zhang. Um, it's about... Um, sort of post gold rush 
um, California and these two kids who were who were born in California to um, Chinese immigrant parents kind of um, finding themselves orphaned and having to sort of survive and how they make their way in the world. And it's really good. I really recommend it. Nate, what have you got this week? Well, the game, uh, I've been <clears throat> really, really having fun with RimWorld again. Um, I thought the royalty expansion was good, but the new ideologies DLC, um, and not just that, but all the stuff it comes along with has just really made it into the game. You know, I always wanted it to be and didn't know it's cracking really, really, really good storytelling potential. I did a post on it already, um, but I've done about three really fun playthroughs since then. Uh, it's, it's, it's captured my heart. And I'm, I'm a bit stuffed because uh, I was hoping Alice would, would, would change the rules on the spin of a penny and I wouldn't have to <laughs> realise uh, that once again, I've not lived enough life uh, in the last week to find a thing to recommend. Um, oh no! Wait, no. Well, West Midland Safari Park. If you live in the West oh, Midlands okay, you and you haven't been, what are you doing? A giraffe <laughs> could eat food through the roof of your car, and there's some really knackered animatronic dinosaurs. There I you love go. That. that has the energy of like you know those um, those guys who are called like the Mattress King, and they do their own adverts. <laughs> If you live in the Midlands and you haven't been, what are you doing? <laughs> I went a bit Sopranos there with my hey. famously good New Jersey accents. Yeah, Paulie Walnuts loves Midlands Safari Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining me, lads. And thank you very much for joining us once again, listener. Uh, next week, we will be absent a Matthew because he'll be wearing his Master Chief suit to a wedding. But mm-hmm. uh, me and Nate will hold down the fort as best we can. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget to look at Rock Paper Shotgun on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, but for all your PC gaming news, do go to rockpapershotgun.com, where you can also find our uh, sister podcasts, the PC Gaming Week Spot, which is every Monday, uh, every Tuesday, excuse me, um, uh, with uh, Vibba Kalmahan and Matthew discussing the week in gaming news. And uh, we also have the fortnightly Ultimate Audio Bang. And if you want to get in touch with us and ask us any questions or make any suggestions, you can email us at support uh, at podcast at (laughs) rockpapershotgun.com. Don't email support. Um, Don't don't do that. And uh, you can also uh, check out um, our community on Discord. There's a link to that in the show notes. And... Don't forget to keep your eyes eyes peeled for our new merch. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, But until next time, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from the Lego stud with his... Goodbye. (laughs) With his torso of of fishing rods. Uh, I've got six pirate tankards attached to it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's goodbye from Symbol on a Map. You've completed me. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.